Hey, hey, fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. One, four, five. Yes, it is. One day, I shall come back. Oh, dear. We are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is... One never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy do, who fans? Have you had a cracking week? Fantastic week. Fantastic. A timey-wimey week. <laughs> a good week all round. I know you've enjoyed. A timey-wimey week. <laughs> timey. I like that. How's your week been? Very timey-wimey, eh? I'm going to say that works. They won't have a clue what I'm on about. I was going to say, if someone's not a Who fan, it'd be so funny to see their yeah. reaction, wouldn't it? Oh, it's been a bit of a timey-wimey week, really. <laughs> I like that. I'm having that one. <laughs> and they're like, oh, right. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> it would just be like that um, polite agreement of no idea what you're on about, so I'll just nod. It's just nod. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think he means he's all right. <laughs> so, live the land. <laughs> Finish up with the old, uh, the old monks trilogy. Yeah, it's going to be fun talking through that one. I am looking forward to it. Yes, I yes. think I, I. I mean, I think I've gleaned an idea of what you might think of it. I don't know. I, I mean, we never know. We try not to know, but um, it's one yeah. of life's mysteries. We I'm going to be looking forward to that review when we Indeed. get to it. Yeah, coming up sooner than that. We've got a few news items to speak. About one of them is um, one of them is I would say good news, depending on your point of view. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, the other ones are yeah, very interesting and very, very, uh, very good news. Yeah. So we've got bad or good, depending on your point of view. Then we've got good, and then we've got good and goodera. Good and goodera. Yeah. <laughs> And a bit of merch. I think there's a nice bit of merch. Our Dalit's got something good this week, hasn't he? Yeah. Dalit yes. Tats. Dalit <laughs> He's got something for us. Good lad. Good uh, it. Before then, you've been all right, buddy? I, th- I see that you were, mm. you were on your travels again at the weekend. You yes, went... I was mingling with the stars. Yes, you went up to Birmingham, didn't you? You went to Collective Value in Birmingham. What is it like <laughs> up there? <laughs> I did. I'm not even going to attempt to do an accent because our listeners always tell me off. Um, yes, I did. I, I went to Collective Mania 24 um, at Birmingham. And um, first time I've been to one of their events at Birmingham, actually. And uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's not in Birmingham. Birmingham. It's like Birmingham International. So, um I left the travel arrangements like right to the last minute and then realized that it wasn't really where I thought it was. Um, but yeah, I had an absolutely wicked day. I, I just went on the Saturday. I think it was Saturday, Sunday, um, yeah. the, the actual event. But I just went on the Saturday, um, went up on the train, 
got there a little bit late because there was train delays. Um, so my day didn't get off to the great start because I missed the, you know, they got the classic TARDIS photo shoot. Yes. Um, the McCoy TARDIS console you can stand at. Um, well, that was the first thing I saw when I walked through the door. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll get that now. I'll do it. It's right in front of me. And uh, so I queued up for literally two minutes. And the guy was like, oh, no, no, no. We're not, that, that photo shoot's finished, mate. Oh, now we're doing, no. we're, doing, we're doing the Ghostbusters car now. I'm <laughs> like, what? What? You're not? You doing it again later or he's like nah it's done oh, so i was like mate. oh no so i was like oh this day has not got to a good start train delay missed the tardis but from there onwards it was fantastic i had a brilliant day i met uh kai owen uh old reese from torchwood reese. Um, yep. first time i've met him really really nice guy uh had a good little chat with him um a while back now probably when we reviewed talons of wang chiang um we were talking about <laughs> deep roy who played mr sin do you oh, remember yeah yeah and I was saying, oh, I'd love to meet him. And he uh -huh. was like, oh, well, he, he lives in the States, so good luck with that. And uh, he's come over to do a few sign-ins, this being one of them. So I was really chuffed to meet him. Oh, cool. Um, yep. He didn't have any He didn't have any Doctor Who picks, so I kind of regretted not printing one out to get signed because I would have loved to have got a Mr. Sin pick yep. signed. It's probably because there aren't any decent high-res pictures of it. But um, I, I, actually, he was very limited in the pictures he had. He didn't even have any of the uh, Willy Wonka um Chocolate Factory ones, which okay. I was surprised about because, you know. Um, but, yeah, so I, I got um, a Star Trek one signed because he plays the little creature that Scotty runs around with in Star Trek. So I got one of them signed because that really was the best of the picks he had. Uh, <laughs> but it was just great to meet him because, uh, as I said, I don't think he does much over here nowadays. Um, but, obviously, the highlight of the day was uh, I met the Barrowman, Mr. John Barrowman himself. Yeah. Um, started with a photo shoot, got a really good, cool picture with him. Um you did have the option to pay £10 extra to go for a picture with him in his Captain Jack coat, which I didn't go for. Um, I just went for the standard photo because he was 45 quid and 55 with the coat. Um, mm. And I just thought, do you know, 45 is a lot of money. I don't think I really want to push it to 55 because I want to get his auto as well, which is another blimmin' 45 quid. Mm -hmm. So I just went for the standard pick. I was very, very happy with it. Um, but some of the guys I met with from uh, Who Addicts and and that they got the one with the coat and i have to say when i did see it i was a little bit jealous because he, he was rocking the coat as you can imagine <laughs> yes um yep. and then uh, yeah I, there was a massive massive queue for him all day to get his autograph um so i kind of they give you a ticket don't they and tell you to come back when they get to that batch number and stuff uh, okay. so i kept going yep. back and couldn't get to get it couldn't get in the queue couldn't get here finally got in the queue um so i met him quite late in the day and by the time i got to him all the decent photos had gone i mean he had like about four uh pictures on the table i think two were from is he in arrow i don't watch arrow, arrow. but i think yep. something called arrow. Yep. um so he had some good high quality ones from that and then the only two from doctor who that were left for him to sign were these and i cannot tell you how bad quality they were they were shocking oh. absolutely <laughs> shocking. because um the guys the who had its guys had got theirs in the morning so they've got these really cool uh torchwood pick signed of him like holding the gun and you know captain mm -hmm. jack picks and they were absolutely excellent so i was like that's the one i'm getting gonna get that one when i finally get to his table so i was a bit gutted i was looking at these pictures and when i say um pixelated oh, and no. <laughs> i say it looked like someone had screen grabbed a picture cropped it zoomed in and then printed it off on a home computer that's what i'm talking about and i was like there is no way on this earth i am paying 45 quid to get that signed mm -hmm. um so luckily uh 
just at that exact moment as I was getting a bit stressy thinking, no, this was like, you know, I've got to get the auto. Uh, I was getting a bit stressy. Um, I bumped into a mate. It was like, ad, there's a stall over there. He's got some great pictures from torture. Just go and buy one. They're like three quid. And I was like, as he right. Okay. So we went over there. Long story <laughs> short, managed to find a fairly decent picture of captain Jack got back in the queue got to the barrowman and the first thing he says when he sees the picture is oh god i hate that picture oh oh man <laughs> i was like what what's wrong with it he goes oh it's it's i look awful in it it was from a photo shoot where i was really tired i didn't want to be there oh i'll sign it anyway but i was thinking yeah you will i've just paid 45 quid you will blooming sign it um and so uh, so he signs it but yeah it's just like the weirdest thing he's just like telling me how much he hated the photo and he's like so it was a bit awkward. And I said to him, oh, well, I said, you know, I, I like it anyways. He's like, yeah, as long as you like it. And then I, and then I left and just walked away. And I did film the whole thing because I was vlogging the day. Yeah. Um, and that was the one bit where my camera decided, because it was f- memory was full, as, as always, um, it decided to crack up. So I, I got home and, of course, wanted to watch that bit again of him talking about the picture. And it, it wasn't on there. It was just sort of white void on the camera. Oh, um, man. But luckily... As I've gone back through the footage, I have got the very first part of it. So it's weird. It's as if the camera decided to crack up about 20 seconds into me meeting him. So I have got a bit of it okay. <laughs> of, of him on there, which is good. So I'll include that in the vlog. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was great. So I was, I was very pleased when I came out. I managed to get a good picture with him, good autograph. Um, there I said, I meet. yeah, Deep Roy, Kai Owen. Oh, and um, Tony Curran, who played Vincent in uh, Vincent and the Doctor. Oh, yes. Uh, yep. He was a bit of a last minute choice for me because, again, you know, the autos and that weren't cheap. So I was like, he's 20 quid. I would like to meet him. But, you know, I've spent a lot. So I left it towards the end of the day to meet him um, to see if I had any money left, basically, because like a hot dog was 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I had a little bit of money left. I thought, yeah, I'll do it, man. I'll do it again. He, he had one Doctor Who picture on his table, which really wasn't very good. So I went back to that stall, bought a nice one from that episode got him to sign that um and i'm really glad i did because he was a really really nice guy he was really really chatty um and uh, yeah it was just a real nice sort of end to the day really if you know what i mean so i got a nice picture signed by him so it was all really really good that really sounds good. good yeah yeah i love it when you get home and you just spread out all your autos on the table and stuff you're just like oh what a day man it was it was brilliant yeah that sounds uh, awesome so now i'm like hyped i'm just when's the next one you know what it's like as soon as mm-hmm. you finish one you're like Oh, when's the next one? Which will be probably LFCC, I think, which we're both going to, isn't it? Probably, yeah. In London, yeah. No, no, we're definitely going, but I think that's probably the next one. Yes, I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you missed old Colin. I think he was there on the Sunday, wasn't he? He was there on the Sunday. Uh, I think he was there with Bonnie Langford, actually, because our our good friend Adi Omahudium got a picture on that that, um, TARDIS set that I was talking about. Oh, yes. Two of them, which looked really cool. Hmm. Um, so yeah, he was there on the Sunday, but, uh, I've met, met good old Colin a few times. So what about Gemma Redgrave? Oh yes. Um, I did meet her. I forgot, yes. I forgot actually. Oh. Yeah, I did meet her. Um, I got a photo, a professional photo shoot with her, which was good. And then she, I went back to get a photo and again, her queue was massive all day. And the same thing with Barrowman. By the time I got there, the photos she had left, because again, I saw the guys who'd met her in the morning, who'd got really cool pictures from like the Zygon inv- invasion and stuff. By the time I got to her, she'd just got some really naff pictures left. And I said, Oh, have you not got any of the 
other ones <laughs> and they were like no the other ones so I, did, I didn't bother getting her autograph because i really didn't like the pictures mm-hmm. um but i have got her autograph before so you know it wasn't a big deal but yeah i would have liked to got one of the ones that um live from the who addicts Addict, who addicts got a really good picture signed by her that's that's the one i would have liked but they'd all gone by the time i got there so i don't know why they bother printing bad ones like i was saying if they've got a good high quality print and it's quite clear that that's the best one and everybody's going to use it yeah why don't they just print a load of that one i mean i don't even understand why they bother printing like really low res blurry awful pictures what what is the point maybe because but, people won't complain and it's cheap to do yeah well yeah it's just yeah. cheap isn't it yeah but mm-hmm. not when they're charging 45 quid for it oh no, <laughs> you know but anyway yeah so i didn't get Gemma's autograph but i did get a nice photo shoot picture with her so i was chuffed with that yeah it was good it was good it's great to meet up with everybody as well as always you know it's always really good to meet meet up with um, people who listen to the show and some of my fellow youtubers and and stuff like that and just hang out and stuff um like a lot of these events i didn't really get time to look around the stalls i don't know if you find this because we were saying about london weren't we you, it, the day goes so quick mm-hmm. you sort of go from photo shoot to get trying to get an auto and then oh i've got another photo shoot and i didn't really get a chance to look around any of the stalls but from what i did see it was the usual um stuff tap, <laughs> tap. Yep. Uh, yeah yeah so <laughs> but i didn't really get my chance there was some nice artwork i did see as i was going around and there was um a few cosplayers as well so that was cool but oh nice so yeah all in all it's just a, a wicked day mate i can't wait for london i really can't um yeah, we were saying we might do the Saturday because it's going to be mad and then do the Sunday and just chill out a bit and maybe get to look around some of the stalls and do... I think mm. it, I think that might require a two-day... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's a big, so. busy one, isn't it? The yeah. London one, yeah. So Saturday, get all the autographs and pics get done. The done. And then yeah. Sunday, just lay around. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's most of the people I want to meet at uh, London Film and Comic Con are there on the Saturday, so yeah, that'd be good yeah. to get them done. And I think there's only perhaps one on the Sunday that I'm that bothered about. So that'd be quite nice. We can look around the stalls and just, you know, hang out with people. It'd be good, I think. Yeah, that's the that'd be the plan anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, all in all, very good. Nice one. Mm. Good times. Yeah. yeah. Pales in comparison to my week, mate. What have you been doing? Nothing. Been to any shops? Nothing. Nothing at all. No? no real quiet one for me. Oh. So I've been uh, pretty much at home, chilled out, bit of gardening. <laughs> bit of gardening. <laughs> Actually, I had to do the lawn on Sunday. That was my, that was my, because I'd been, you know, I'd had my day of freedom. So Sunday I had to make up for it by doing the lawn. <laughs> I, I did say it pales in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading. hoping you'd be back to the Who shop, actually. I was thinking he must have been to the Who shop by now. No. I want to know if they've got the malice in there, in the, in their little cabinet. <laughs> no, I probably won't go there for another another few weeks yet. All right. Uh, I, I tend to drop in there when we're just sort of over that way. I've got a vision of the next time you go in there, you coming out with a Alpha Centauri Robert Harrop Whoa. figure. That's why I've got a vision of you coming out with it and, um, and that, your partner being like, what the hell is that? <laughs> That's exactly what she would say as well. She would. Yeah. I think anybody who hasn't seen that episode or doesn't know Doctor Who would look at that that creature and say, what the hell is that? Yeah. yeah. Which is why I'm looking forward to him being on the shelf for when people come around and be yeah. seeing him there. Yeah. Have a look at the shelf. Why don't you? Why don't you? Don't touch it. Yeah. But have a it. look at the shelf. That's the rule. Don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. When they reach for it. No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. God, this guy's really boring. 
got all this cool stuff on the shelf. We're not allowed to play with it. <laughs> you should see my face when my sister brings her little boy around. It's pure horror. <laughs> and I have to pretend not to. I'm like, he's fine. He's fine. Don't touch that. <laughs> oh, he's fine. <laughs> he's all right. He won't. He's all right. Put that down. What was that? What was that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on edge the whole time. You've got a whole shelf worth of Robert Harrop and some other stuff just being smashed. It's funny though, because you must find this as well. Like, when when they when they've gone, I find find things all over the house. But like hours later, so like I went to shut the window, and there's like a submarine radio on the windowsill. I'm like, what? Where did he even find that? And where's that? What's that doing there? You know, just find random stuff that they've picked up and plonked where they think it should be. Radio. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Canine down the back of the sofa. Oh, yep. It, you know, the struggle is real. Yeah, yeah, it is real because you do find things littered around the house, and you think those little, yeah, little beats, little cherubs. Yeah, what, what have they done? Um, but yes, I think we'll have to get our tickets soon for Comic Con London because um, in the last few weeks, I didn't realise, but they've announced a few more people. I think the um, the sort of I'm not sure how to rank these people really, like highest, like in terms of stardom or popularity or whatever. Mm. I think the the person at the top of the tree when I last looked was Christopher Lloyd. Uh, back to the future yeah they've added um they've added a few good ones yeah. since i mean i was quite excited they added john cleese john although cleese, the author's yeah. a bit expensive um adam and adam west, west got yeah. added which uh i was chuffed about um but i think he's like 85 quid and i'm afraid i won't be stretching to that i think i might have said i won't be won't be doing barrowman because of the price but 45 really is my absolute limit i won't i won't pay over that i don't think well if you uh, have if you pay 95 quid you'll have a pick with him with the old Batmobile. With the Batmobile, mm. yeah. I mean, it, they said it's his last appearance or something, didn't they? Is that they're billing it? So Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was I was tempted because he's a bit of a... Um, I mean, you must have watched some of the classic oh, Batman. They're brilliant. They're yeah. hilarious, yeah. 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 Robin, <laughs> <laughs> we're having a moment to lose. Holy abomination, yeah. They were classic, so they were but I don't think yeah. I'll be meeting him. Holy I don't know hilarious. about you. <laughs> uh mccoy are you going to get your photo with him on the uh, tardis console oh i might do yeah if he doesn't cancel because he's been he's been cancelling quite a lot in the last few weeks uh the showmaster events i don't know mate he must have got a job because um i just be noticed that he was he was a, due to appear at quite a lot of the upcoming showmasters events and uh yeah last couple of weeks he's cancelled most of uh well a few of them but not london yet he's still still on there for london isn't he so Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, I might get him on the console. That'd be a good one. I think um, it's thirty quid. Ooh, if memory serves for the Saturday. Yeah, uh, you... yeah, twenty quid for just a photo with him. Thirty quid if you want it on the Tardis console. Do you remember last year when um, <laughs> Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, and Paul McGann were doing like a ju- joint shoot on the green screen? Uh, so basically, they have the actual Tardis console, like a prop of it, mm-hmm. and then they have a green screen and they put in the backdrop. But Colin, do you remember Colin wore a green shirt? And oh, he, yeah. <laughs> caused absolute mayhem because he was just the head in all the photos. They were like, "Oh, sorry, we're gonna have to stop." And <laughs> I think he had to get another. Sh- he had to go and get another shirt, didn't he? Yeah, I think he had to change yeah. or, or put a coat on or something. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, he's good old green screen. Yeah, he's yeah. not been in the game for a while, is he? He's not aware of the. Uh... <laughs> These things you've got to take into account. You can't just have a floating head. <laughs> can't just have a floating <laughs> Colin head. It'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what that's. What's that thing called? Dimensions in time, is it? Where they got the heads all floating in space? Yeah, yeah it'd be a bit freaky. Yeah. 
Good old Colin. So if you're going to go to uh, any of our listeners, going to rock up to London Comic Con. We'll see you there. Yes, indeedy. So Saturday, we'll be running around a lot. But Sunday, we'll just be like, where's the pub? Yes, yes. And it's, uh, yeah, I have, I have warned people because I said, you know, if you see me on the Saturday, I do get quite stressy at these things. I like to get everything done. He does. So Listen, if I look a bit, yeah. if, I look, if my cheeks are a bit puffed out and red and I'm looking a bit frazzled, <laughs> maybe it's best to sail out on the Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I remember I'll last year. much year's. more chilled on the Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I remember last year's Comic-Con. Yeah. So I can't handle this. No, it's like, just you right, have to be right. in certain places at certain <laughs> times, don't you? It's, it's yeah, you've got to get it done. Yeah, do you want to go and get a drink? No, I can't because I'm going to get this present. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude, all right. <laughs> I won't be wearing my Tom Baker scarf this year, though, just oh. in case Peter Davison gets added. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get a smack across the chops from old... Uh... I would, I'd love it if he did <laughs> did show masters. He, he stays well clear of them, doesn't he? I don't know why. I think it's the London thing. He, it is. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing one in Bedford, I saw. Um, cause I do check yeah. to see where he's doing. Cause he is, he is, um, he's up there as one of my fave doctors and I've only got one pick with him and I've got about four really bad camera photos with him that are, they're terrible where he's looking grumpy and they're blurry and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to get another decent shot with Davison, but yeah, he don't seem to do much London ones. No, he's quite active. He does. He obviously does a few over in the U S with he does a lot in the people. US. Yep, but yeah, but he does. He does. Yeah. He does do a quite a few here. He just steers clear of um, of London. I just don't yeah. think he likes the the because the, they're so big and busy. It's not his cup of tea. No, no. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. There we go. I think we've waffled on for long enough. I think we have. I reckon we should land it. Let's do it. Do some news. So you might consider this good news. You might consider it bad news, depending on your point of view. Patrick Ness has now said that he will no longer be writing any more episodes of Class. Now, this still doesn't confirm that Class is cancelled. No. It's all but dead in the water, let's be honest. I don't think there's much of a comeback from this when you've got the creator and the the head writer and like the moth equivalent for class when he says no it's time to uh it's time to go that's probably a safe bet that we're not going to see any more class however we still haven't had a a proper confirmation from the bbc Mm. to say that class will not continue however patrick ness has said uh he decided a while back but with unbelievable regrets I won't be writing any more class, even if a season two moves ahead. Uh, it's been the most amazing experience. I loved it. I'm so proud of the show and what we made. My heart just burst with happy. He said, but we should be filming right now. With the new cycles of Who, we'd pretty much need to be on the air even before 2019, but we're not, and that's just TV, and that's how it goes. Um he says not. He says he's not bitter at all. He said an amazing experience. Huge thank you to BBC Three and BBC America for their enthusiasm. Uh, BBC American particularly absolutely loves the show, which mm. is true to say. I think the I think our US friends have um, enjoyed class more than we have over here as a whole. 
Yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me because I think um, I think we said when we were reviewing it, it did seem to be sort of aimed a bit at the more the American market in terms of like the the style of it and you know the whole going to prom thing in episode one and all that. So I'm not really surprised that it's gone down a bit better over there. Yeah, mm. uh, he does go on to say, um, uh, if we had got a second season. Uh, Weeping Angels, Civil War, and Planet Quill has a dangerous son. Oh. Yep. Charlie and Matthews. Matthews? Matthews. Uh, shirtless wood chopping. <clears throat> oh. He says, so yeah, I'm really sad. Sad in my career, but it's the right choice. So it all sounds like class has wrapped up. It sounds to me that that's just his way of saying, basically, there isn't going to be any more. Yeah. It, it seems a strange thing to say. It's almost, oh, I'm not saying throwing toys out of the pram, but it's a bit like, right, I'm not writing any more then. Because I, I don't know, why would you rule that out? Who knows? Like, in a couple of years' time, he might want to do some more books or, I don't know, why, why, do you know what I mean? Why draw the line under it so, so yeah. prominently? <clears throat> you know, I mean, I get it if he's saying, like, you know, basically... He's saying he's proud of the show, but it's not done well. And this is his way of saying, you know, there probably won't be any more, yeah. um, I yeah. guess. Um, it sounds like they've missed the window as well. It sounds like if they want yeah. to, you know, put it out there in between when who is is going on, then they really need to have had everything done and be filming now. And, you know, that's sounds like not even any any scripts have been finished or anything, so... Mm. It does sound like it's, I mean, we're still waiting on the Beeb as usual <laughs> to, <laughs> to say, you know, it's officially been canned, but yeah, it's done. It's done. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am holding back a little cause I mean, our listeners, our regular listeners will, will know my feelings on class. Um, and my feelings are that I wanted to enjoy it and didn't, it's as simple as that. I mean, I, I just didn't enjoy it and I really did want to, it wasn't a case of me being down on the show and um and i often feel bad if i criticized it because you know a while back when we were talking you were saying you know they put a lot of work into it whether we enjoyed it or not which always sticks in my mind every time <laughs> i start to lay into it because you know i met patrick ness he was a very nice man um and i and so and i met a couple of the cast and they're very nice so i don't want to lay into it too much because i appreciate that those guys put their heart and soul into it but uh, it really really wasn't for me so i'm not at all sad that it's it's not you know that it looks like it's dead in the water but um i'm sad for those guys because i know they would love to do more and uh, and i know there are people out there that enjoyed it i see a lot of twitter comments and facebook stuff you know people really did get into it so for them i'm sorry but for me personally i'd rather just forget about it uh, you know it, it didn't do anything for me at all i don't really i mean i disliked it so much that i don't really like to even associate it with doctor who if i'm hundred percent honest it just didn't fit into the doctor Who universe for me mm-hmm. personally yeah but uh but yeah for those that did enjoy it it's bad news yeah uh, my yeah i think we you and i had almost the same feelings on it when we were because mm. we did the mini review of each episode didn't we yeah when it went out and i think there was only one episode that we gave it anything higher than a five i think i think the first episode yeah. i slightly enjoyed yeah yeah uh, other than that, I mean, it, it didn't get off to a great start when you relegate it to an online only channel and then you mm. find out that it only it only grabbed, you know, a tiny portion of the overall viewership of that online channel. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. you know, you're not off to a great start when you, 
And when they did put it on on proper TV on BBC Two, didn't they put it on at ridiculous like half oh, eleven I mean, at midnight? It, it, it or got yeah, yeah, it got shoved away in an absolutely graveyard slot. I mean, the, yeah, it it wasn't. To be fair, it wasn't given the best chance by the BBC. I mean, they, you know, the promotion was terrible, the the time slots were terrible. But at the end of the day, yeah, it didn't perform on the iPlayer where it was um, initially premiered, and then yeah, and then because of that, it got put in a graveyard slot, and uh, and of course didn't get hardly any viewing figures. So it was, um, yeah, it wasn't treated very well by the BBC as much as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I didn't like it, I have to acknowledge that it wasn't given a particularly good chance in the first place. But for me, the biggest problem, I mean, putting all that aside, the biggest problem for me was just just the actual stories and the dialogue and the characters. I, were, I mean, I yeah. really, yeah, I really struggle. I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons that it, it didn't succeed is what I'm trying to say. And some of that was, you know, down to the BBC or down to the promotion, down to the time slots. There was a lot of that is to to blame. But I think um mm. And this is probably quite hard for Patrickness to admit. Is I think a lot of it was also down to the fact that a lot of it wasn't very good. You know, it, it had it had potential, and there were some great ideas in there. But the writing I didn't think was was very good at all. No. Especially some of the dialogue. I mean, some of it was shockingly laughable. Um, but maybe that's because I'm just a bit old. You know, perhaps a teenage audience. Um, can connect more to the dialogue. You know, maybe it's an age thing. I yeah, don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough one. I know that Patroness was very unhappy yeah. about the scheduling of it when it did go to TV. He wasn't happy that he said he was just baffled by the scheduling at the BBC, which you can understand, you know. I can see it from his point of view. Yeah. I really can. Yeah. Even if even if you um you know, if it would be better to have it on BBC two on an earlier time slot rather than BBC one, you know, the graveyard shift. I think, I mean, I don't know. Uh, me personally, I don't think it should have gone out before 10 o'clock. No. I think a 10 o'clock time slot was would have been perfect for it because it was quite graphic in terms of the violence. I mean, that was the other thing I felt quite uncomfortable with in terms of it being a Doctor Who uh, spin-off because, yes, Torchwood had blood and guts and violence, but I always thought they, they trod a very careful line. I mean, there were times when it was a bit gross, but it was normally sort of done almost for comedy, not comedy effect, but I don't know, it didn't it didn't really shock me much in Torture. There was no moments where I really thought, oh, that's horrible. Whereas in class, there were a few moments, and I'm thinking particularly of when Quill had that thing taken out of her eye, and I mean, that was really graphic. Mm, yeah. You know, um, and stuff like that. So I don't think it could have got, I think nine o'clock might have been a bit too close to the bone for it. But 10 o'clock on BBC Two on a Friday night or something, I think would have been good. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's it's done. What is done is done. Yeah. Yeah. And we probably won't see the, what were those things that popped up nearly every week? <laughs> the fire people that I can't see. I can't remember that. Exactly. I can't even remember what. No, I mean, that's the other thing that annoyed me. I was thinking, these guys again, you know, it was just, yeah. Anyway, it's done. It's done. Yeah. It's done. Let's go on to some other news. Some good news, actually. Um, An original prop from 1960s Doctor Who has has been found, uh, amazingly. And it is an original Ice Warrior mask. An Ice Warrior mask. Um, And he looks pretty cool. I mean, he's he's been very carefully restored. Um, by a team led by Mike Tucker. Mike Tucker, if you don't know, is an absolute legend when it comes to to restoring these things. Um, he's a, he was, you know, a model maker on the original show as well. So um, they've done a great job restoring it because, but you know, as you can imagine, over the years, he's 
he's uh, taken a bit of a battering. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing what they've managed to do. I mean, he's still got quite a bit missing from around the back of the head. Um, but he's as complete as can possibly be. And they've sort of, you know, matched paint colours to try and get it um, back to as close to how it would have been back in the day as possible. Mm. And um, he looks cool, I think. I don't know what they're going to do with him. They haven't said if he's going to go on display somewhere, but I assume he will at some point. I hope so, because he looks yeah. really cool. And it's amazing does that look good. he survived for the most part since yeah. 1967. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure. There's um, the company... so. Uh, Mike Tucker, it's part of Toy Box Treasures. Yeah, I've heard of them. It's yeah. the company that, um, uh, that that's done the restoration and so on. But I think when they first got hold of it, um, it had been completely, well, it was obviously very dusty. Um, the, mm. <laughs> the, you know, the paint was flaking away and the color had faded. And uh, there was also, um, um, the, the, that to match the colors as well and remove some because somebody had sprayed silver paint over the eyepieces oh, right. for some reason. And it just looked a bit beat up and as you would expect, mm-hmm. you know, an old uh, prop or headpiece. It's a headpiece, isn't it? That an actor yeah. would have worn back in crikey, what, Pertwee's era, I suppose. No, uh, before that. Trout. So I think yeah. Yeah, it's from, from the actual original ice warriors back in 1967. And then they believe it was also seen in, um, curse of Peladon, uh, I think. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So long old time. It's been just sat there. I don't know where it's been, but um, yeah. So they've restored the the original orange eye lenses and they've put the green skin back to its greenness mm. and all that. So this is awesome. I love it when things like this turn up and you think, wow, there's still, you know, elements of classic who out there in the world that yeah. you know haven't been destroyed or lost or whatever. And it's just there ready to be sort of restored and enjoyed. So um, if only there was a, a a big place dedicated to Doctor Who props that would be around a bit longer that people could mm. enjoy it, eh? Yes, Something if only. Like yeah. If only. Yeah. Hopefully it'll uh, end up there one day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what issue of Doctor Who magazine are we up to at the minute? Because there is going to be um, uh, an interview and some nice pictures of this in issue 513. Is that the next one or is that current? No, that's, that's the one that's literally just come out. You know, the one that's got two covers. It's got like a Mondas Cyberman cover and uh, Empress Ice Warrior. Oh, right, yeah. So you've got the choice of two covers. It's that one. There's, a, yeah, some nice pictures in there. Um, haven't actually read the, the interview yet, I must confess. But, um, yes, it looks good. I'm interested to know where it was actually found. Yeah, me too. Um, mm. Presumably they go into that in the interview, but I haven't read it. Um, anyone who's ever seen an original <laughs> prop from Doctor Who from, you know, from the if one of a better word, the classic series. Um, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm always surprised at how delicate and cheap they are or made. And, you know, I just think, God, like when, when I've been to auctions and I've actually gone up to the real props and they look so flimsy and I'm like, God, and they reuse these over and over and over again. It's amazing what they got out of these props back in the day. I mean, you've only got to look at the TARDIS prop how battered that was and they just mm-hmm. carried on using them so it's amazing this thing has survived it is. Um, yeah. over the years so yeah yeah good to have it back good stuff finally up in news some quick uh, chat on the ratings for pyramid oh. at the end of the world so we climbed up the list a bit more right so good yeah so the weekend in the 28th of may so this is um exactly a week after um pyramid at the end of the world went out and we've soared up the list so the week before that which would have been 
What's the What's the episode before this one? Extremis. Extremis. Yeah. So Extremis, we were down sort of number twenty three, I think, or twenty two, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and now we've climbed up to number fourteen in the top thirty. Well, that is good news because this is the the overnights for this one were the one that was being touted as the worst one since the, yeah. um, Battlefield, wasn't it? It was like mm. it's the worst overnight since Battlefield. So it's good that um, it's had a bit of a turnaround. It is, yeah. So 5.79 million viewers mm. uh, for the week. And we did beat a large chunk of Emmerdale. We beat Country Fire, which is good. Hey. We beat the Antiques Roadshow, which is yes. good. We beat yes. all of the news channels because we've got a big election <laughs> coming up in the last, um, <laughs> sorry, in the next, uh, well, tomorrow. Um over the last week or so, the news channels have been ramping up their coverage. So no surprise that a lot of news uh, programs are in the list, but they're near the bottom, so screw them. Uh, mm-hmm. But we still need to be East. We haven't got any. Um, we've not moved past any Cory or Eastenders yet. So no. may- maybe the the series finale will, will yeah. do that. But yeah, we have climbed the list, and we're we're in the top half now. Just that's good. Let's hope that um, last week's this is the live the land does the same because um currently the overnight for the life of the land is the worst overnight figure in the show's history yes <laughs> apparently which is <laughs> is really worrying so hopefully that'll uh bump up too so we'll we'll let you know next week we will well, <laughs> yes because we're all at collector mania that's why <laughs> no one was watching it <laughs> <laughs> it's all the brummies it was but funny because you were all saying, are you going to get back in time for Doctor Who? And everyone was like, no, no, I won't get back in time. No. And I was the same. I was like on the train thinking, should I try and get it on iPlayer? No, I haven't got any signal. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm surprised we haven't seen any more of the, you know, the special audio versions that they did, you know, for um, yeah. Knock Knock. Knock Knock. Yeah. We had that binaural edition where you had to have your headphones with iPlayer and it was really cool. I was hoping yeah. they were going to continue that, but because some of these episodes would have been good for that. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Uh, this week's might be good for that with the um, Ice Warriors. You know, if you could have them hissing down your neck, that might be quite good. <laughs> hissing down your neck. Yeah. So Yeah, but yeah, it would be cool to get some more of those, wouldn't it? It would. Mm. Let's speak to somebody at the BBC. Let's have a word in now someone's that, shell like... Yeah, now that class has been canned, we might have a few extra pounds knocking <laughs> around that would have been earmarked for that. We can use that to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do for news. Shall we get Mr. Tat in and see what he's got? Yeah, get Dalek Tat in. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Adam. Yes, Gary. You like your steel books, don't you? I love a steel book. We love a steel book. So good news. Mm-hmm. Very good news. Series two is getting the steelbook treatment as series one received a month yes. or so earlier. So mm. we all said this, didn't we? When series one came out, everybody said, we really hope that they continue this and that the other series get the steelbook treatment and they haven't disappointed. No. Um, it would be a bit of a, a kick in the chops if they stopped it here, admittedly. So I'm trying not to jinx it, but it does look good. I think the sales from series one of um, uh, did pretty well. So yeah. they've, uh, they've put their hands in their pocket. They've done some nice artwork. I think it was Lee binding that did this the same for series one. It looks very similar in style, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I saw his tweet yeah. the other, the other day. And uh, I'll tell you what, they just look and it's in the same style as well. So I'm mm. hoping that Lee does the artwork for the others so that they all match. 
Yes, that would be know, nice. That would yeah. be awesome. So, uh, yeah, Series 2, and it's got some lovely artwork on the front. We've got um, the Tenth Doctor, Mr. Tennant, um, with Rose, with Billy Piper on there. And on the back, we've got this very cool um, uh, sort of explosion piece with um, Cybermen and, and Daleks there. It looks very cool. Mm. Um, the inside, I'm not too hot on, to be honest. It's got one of those um, not-so-great promo photos that they it's yeah i'm not as over enamored with that yeah yeah they should have done a bit more they should have just used a bit more artwork it's Maybe, just tenants pulling a weird face in that picture isn't he he is yeah and, and billy mm. piper's standing sort of beside him sort of side on but the problem is it's a very poorly taken photo the lighting's very bad and mm. and the background's not brilliant um however uh, you do get some art cards with this one they so, love their art cards, the BBC, don't they? They love them, don't they? <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, well, they've got to use up their print budget somehow. Uh, so you get four of these art cards, and um, so two of them are just the same as the front and the back cover, and then another one is a Dalek on its own, and the other one, the fourth one, is a Cyberman mm. on its own. So price-wise, 35 squids mm. if you order from Amazon. Now, yes. this did happen with Series 1. It went out for the first few days at 35 quid, but then Amazon dropped it to 24 99 yes. That hasn't happened so far. So I remember when it's got announced, I jumped on and pre-ordered it. And I thought that'd be cool. It'll, it'll drop it down in a few days, but they haven't yet. So could be, did you say, Adam, because I wasn't aware of this, did you say that Series 1 was an exclusive to Amazon? Yes, it was. Right, yeah. And right. this one isn't, which actually is good news because that means they've got a bit more competition when it comes to price. So right, hopefully right. that should. I'm trying to think now, does that work against us or for us? Because does that mean? No, it should work for us. It should mean that there's more competition. So they should hopefully bring the price down, shouldn't they? I would think. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Because, yeah. yeah, you're right. The first deal book was exclusive to Amazon. So they had the monopoly on it um, and they could have really charged what they like. So, yeah, I hope it does come down because um, I am loving these steel books. And uh, as soon as this went up um, on the site, I was like, right, got to get it. I haven't <laughs> pre-ordered it yet. Actually, I am waiting for the, the price to come down. Um, you said it comes out in July, didn't you? July the 3rd. July the 3rd. It's released, yeah. yeah. And um, so Series 1 has now gone back up to thirty four ninety nine on Amazon. Right. Um, but apparently um, that's because they're sort of coming down to the last few units now. So oh, that's okay. that's sort of coming close to sold out. So they, they want to make as, as much out of that as possible. Um, but yeah, Series 2, I'm hoping it's going to drop down to twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, it's we'll about see. what I'd want to pay. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to just monitor it. We'll get to a few days before and it's still 35. Don't know. See, the trouble these things are is now I've got the first one. The second one is is a given. I can't just not have it. Yeah, I know what you mean. You're maybe that's why they're yeah. not. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why they're thinking they can charge a bit more for it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'll, I'll end up getting it, whatever. But I do hope it comes down in price. Dirty. Dirty. <laughs> yeah, naughty. This is naughty. So yeah, um, jump onto Amazon just to a search <laughs> for it. Doctor Who Series 2 Steelbook or Blu-ray steelbook, whatever, and you'll see it on there. Yes. yes. That's merch and Thank news. you, Dalek Tat. Thank you very much. Now get out. Oh, he's already yeah, kicked him out. He? He's already gone, actually. He's gone. left ages ago. Well, it, it knows now. It knows not to hang around because it's just going to get abused until it goes. So <laughs> I can see him just wheeling off, yeah. shaking as they did. 
<laughs> in the remembrance era. The remembrance era, <laughs> shaking all over the place. Yep. <laughs> so that's going to do for news so much. Uh, Adam, my good fellow. Yes, yes. Let's wrap this up. What are we doing this week? Let's do it. So, yeah, third part of the Loose Monk trilogy, The Lie of the Land. I woke up and the monks were here and they've always been here. All that we believe now is a lie. I want to speak to her. All you have to do is find whoever opened the door to the monks and just kill them. I'm sorry your plus one doesn't get a happy ending. All anyone's seen of the Doctor in the last six months are those broadcasts he does. I have joined the monks. Whoa, doesn't that sound exciting? (laughs) Whoa. So, The Lie of the Land. This one was written by Toby Whithouse. Clearly overseen by the moth. I was going to say, are we sure? It did not feel like a Toby Whithouse script at all, did it? It's The whole way through, I kept thinking, are you sure the moth isn't? He's hovering in the writer's room behind him again, and he just... Put, just hovering over their shoulder going can i yeah, just change that toby but it's weird because he was t- um co-credited on the last one wasn't he but he's not co-credited on this but yeah he, he he's, doesn't feel like uh, it though. yeah no so, it did not i'm sure he was sure he had his little sticky fingers in the pie yeah, yeah. maybe peter harness was said you know what <laughs> i'm not going to put my you know 100 percent of myself on that one <laughs> we can put the moth on there as well but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so toby whithouse apparently wrote this one uh it was directed by wayne yip and the usual 45 minutes long and plot is thus we pick up you see this is another thing that i don't get this was marketed well i say marketed it was banded around as this was a loose trilogy yeah (laughs) Um, but loose is anything but the word to describe this because it literally all three episodes are very, you know, they pick up where the last one left off, very interconnected. And it's, yeah, it's basically a film. Yeah, they're not loose trilogies at all. I really don't get where they were coming from with that. In my mind, right, this was was their shot at making a Doctor Who feature film. Because you could release these three episodes all cut together as a film, couldn't you? You could, yes. (laughs) They wouldn't. But this, no, it, no, no, sorry, they could. I was about to say something and then I realised it'd give away my thoughts on the episode. Oh, so right, I'll right. hold back just a little longer. Okay, <laughs> so they could have done it. So it does seem strange that they would throw in this kind of three-parter mid-series and say, it's oh, it's, you know, they're individual stories, but they're kind of linked together. You've got the monks in there, but that's just rubbish. They're, it's, a, it's a very definite um, intended three-parter. So we pick up um, where... Um, Pyramid at the end of the world left off. Uh, the monks, so Bill at the end of that one, asked for the monks' help. They restored the doctor's sight. Since then, the entire world is now run by the monks. Um, they're controlling everybody um, with this sort of mind control that the statues are, are giving off. It's a bit like a really bad sort of um, uh, BT Mobile advert, really. <laughs> so all these sort of phone masts are disguised as statues and they're controlling everyone's mind the bill uh bill and nardo they still remember what's going on so they haven't been mind wiped but um so they track the doctor down supposedly he's joined the monks but it's a bit of a little test for bill uh we have this very um i will get on to it but we have this sort of pseudo regeneration scene 
And then from that point on, it's just about hunting down the big reset button. Yeah, pretty much, you know, Um, and which does it's done in a quite a nice way. You know, Bill really puts herself into this one and and uh, she sort of makes a bit of a sacrifice. Everything gets put back as if by magic at the end. Everyone's happy. It's all done. And uh, and then we're off on our next adventure with the Ice Warriors in the next one. So um, what did you think? Adam, to this. <laughs> um, I thought, what a very disappointing conclusion uh, to, to a story that had ramped up. Um, I didn't hate it. You know, I, it was perfectly watchable. Um, I did get annoyed at the ending. I thought the ending was just, just it just ended. It just wrapped up. The monks just, I was going to swear, they just left. <laughs> uh, for me, the ending frustrated the hell out of me. I was just like, you're kidding me. That's it? Seriously, that is it? Um, so I found it a watchable episode. I didn't sit there and hate it like, say, um, The Forest of the Night or something like that. I didn't get that, you know, there wasn't that feeling of total disappointment. But I was just so underwhelmed overall by it as a as a conclusion to this and it is i'm gonna it is a three-parter i don't care whether they call it a loose trilogy or not it's a three-parter yep. this was the final you know to that that three-parter and yeah it was just oh that i mean it just it just was so disappointing in terms of you know how they brought it all together and wrapped it up i mean they just left at the end it was <laughs> just i couldn't believe it i was just like you're joking um <laughs> And the monks did absolutely nothing in it. Like they've been really sort of ramping up this creepiness, the scariness of the monks. I mean, I said last week how great it was when we finally got to see how powerful they are when they were turning people to sand. I was like, okay, you don't mess with these guys. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything this week apart from breathe some bad breath on someone on the street at one point. I don't even think they were in it more than two minutes it was yeah i i I think if i was to describe this episode i'd say frustrating underwhelming and a real real missed um opportunity um i just frustrated by it because i I kind of enjoyed some of it i kind of enjoyed it watching it but just yeah left me as you can probably tell by my voice just so frustrated um by the end of it so yeah that's where i am with it not good. What about you? You loved it, I expect. Uh, my you. feeling, <laughs> my feeling is, I was extremely disappointed. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because they, for two reasons. One is that they they touted a lot of big, big themes in these in these three stories. Yeah. So we had the whole. Oh, this is interesting. There's this really powerful, you know. Um, seemingly unstoppable group of monsters that the Doctor's never seen before. This is amazing, you know, because the Doctor's pretty much seen everything. Mm. <laughs> so this is really cool. How's the Doctor going to handle this? And then, like you say at the end, they just weren't really around. <laughs> oh. And and, uh, and they all got sort of stopped really easily in the end. Um, and, they, and we had the whole thing about the Doctor's sight going, and that came back nice and easy, and there wasn't sort of much else going on we had the doctor's regeneration scene which drove everybody potty in the trailers yeah but that had just a very strange vibe about it and it didn't go anywhere so there was all these themes that were and then we had you know the initial thing with the vault and that was a big letdown how that was revealed 
So we've had all these big themes and ideas, and they've just sort of fallen flat a lot of the time. They just fizzled out, haven't yeah. they? Just fizzled out to nothing, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And the other thing, the two things that really bothered me was this big thing at the end that's such a cop-out for a lot of... I hate it oh. when TV programmes do this, where at the end it I was know like, what you're gonna say. oh, it was all, you know, reset back to normal, as if nothing's happened. So Love it, saves the day. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's, it's okay, but it just makes the whole thing just seem like there was no consequence to any of it. It just yeah. seems irrelevant. What, you know, the whole thing is just to hit the reset button, everything's done. Just ignore everything you've seen because, you know, it's, it's irrelevant, you know. And the second thing was how they got to that conclusion that that's how they defeat the monks. You know, instead of just the doctor having that really cool detective streak about him and finding out what's going on, just goes up to Missy and says, have you heard of these things? And she's like, oh, yeah, them. You just do this. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> right, okay. So, you know, the biggest hand-holding hand exercise we've ever seen in Who, right there. It's like this massive threat to the Earth. And we've spent the last two episodes trying to find out who they are, how you defeat them. They seem quite threatening, you know, the, the consequence of their you know of of the earth ending is is real you know you, like you said they obviously mean business and you don't mess with these guys and then in episode or part three should i say miss is just like oh yeah i've seen them before all you've got to do is this you know and it's not a very nice way of doing it because essentially bill at that point we thought had to die which we yeah. knew that she wouldn't because she's in all the other episodes so that's another thing it's like it just seemed like it was it just seemed very un-Toby Whithouse to do that It didn't stuff. feel like a Toby Whithouse script in the slightest. No, it really didn't. No, that's why I said it feels like the moth is all over mm. it. it mm. In my mind, this is a moth episode. Well, it certainly had that vibe. I mean, I never, if I didn't know who wrote it, I would have just said straight away the Moffat. I just, I mean, I don't, we don't know. I can't blame him because he's not on the writing credits, but that's how it feels to me and, and, and clearly to you. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the fact that the monks are so, they're such a great creation. I guess they're a little bit similar to the silence in terms of, you know, this creepy thing mm -hmm. that puts his hand out, but they are such a great creation and, and, and they were really properly scary. Um, and they are just so wasted in this episode. Like I said, I think we barely see them. Um, I enjoyed this a lot more on a first watch, I have to say, because on a first watch, you're going along with a roller coaster of, oh, what's happening now? Where are we going? Mm -hmm. When I watched this again yesterday, I, literally the whole episode just fell apart in front of my eyes. Do you know what I mean? Because like on a first watch, you're like, oh, this is the regeneration bit. What's happening? Oh, okay, right, yeah. Um, all right, the monks, you know, they've got to do the the head thing. And but yeah, once you know all this stuff, and every single thing is like a false. Um, how can I put it? It's like a, a a build up, and then it's just all a bit like the regeneration. It's all a big build up to nothing. Mm -hmm. That this episode is just constantly that. When I when I watched it again for a second time yesterday. It really, really just fell apart in front of my eyes. I was thinking, God, you know, without the sort of, um, without the excitement of of not knowing what comes next this episode, this there is nothing to this episode. They just wander into the spaceship at the end and and all that stuff uh, into the pyramid. I mean, and I, it, yeah, it really, really. Oh, I'm just fr so frustrated by it. It could have been brilliant. We could have seen those monks on the streets doing their thing, and it, it could have been so good, you know. Um, and another thing as well that we've said 
every episode up until this point we've said has been so visually brilliant. Um, now, I don't know if they run out of budget at this point, but the, the CGI and special effects in this episode were dreadful. Um, thankfully, there wasn't too much of it, but like the pyramid mm-hmm. at the end of the street, I mean, yeah. it, it just looked like something out of a cartoon. Um, you know, <laughs> the production values weren't great this week. The, the the main saving grace for this episode for me is the performances. I'll give it that. The the people in it are acting their socks off and trying to do the make the best that they can of what they've been given, mm-hmm. especially um, Pearl Mackey. So performance wise, fantastic, but production wise and script wise, just yeah. Not good, in in my opinion. No, I I read you, mate. I agree, and I think for mm. for another episode where for me, um, Pearl Mackey was just brilliant. She's excellent in this. Um, she really, really brings the episode up. Yeah, yeah. Capaldi was great as usual. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nardo was funny. I liked him. Yes, I liked Nardo in it. Yeah. So the characters, like you say, I agree with you. The characters and the performances were were like the saving grace, if you like. Oh, big time. Because they were enjoyable to watch and so on. But mm. the whole kind of convolute, it's, it's difficult because it, it wasn't a bad watch. That's the thing. It wasn't. A no, terrib- not at all. Do you know no. what I mean? It's, you know, you and I sometimes when we see a, a, a poor episode, I mean, there isn't any Doctor Who, in my opinion, that's that terrible that you would turn it off. So it wasn't like that where you would think, you know, where you're thinking this is just absolutely terrible. I just can't watch it. It was an enjoyable watch. You know, it was a decent, um, it was a decent ride, if you like. But it just the, the 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 substance wasn't there, if you know what I mean. It just had no, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it's very hard yeah, to describe you, this one. It's, you've you've hit it. You've hit the nail on the head there, mate. The substance wasn't there because I agree with you. I I quite happily sit and watch this episode. It is hmm. not. It is not bad in that sense. It's it's very watchable. But it is just the fact that, um, yeah, when you, you know, when you think of it as the sort of final in the three-parter, um, it, it just feels like they, I don't know, it just feels like they had to, so effortless. Like there's no, you know, they had all those brilliant strands they could have brought together. And Toby Whithouse has just literally um, done nothing with it at all. You know, he's got the brilliant monks. He's got the whole Doctor thing going on. And, and there's just so mm-hmm. much in there that he could have, yeah used yeah. and um and he and he just didn't use any of it yeah but it's it is a, you're right yeah. it's a perfectly I, I don't hate it i could quite happily stick it on and watch it and i would just say yeah that's a that's a average episode of doc two yeah you know that's uh, nothing good or bad about it it's just just there but yeah just disappointing yeah it's a bit like going to a convention and paying 45 quid for a for a photo with somebody and get in there and finding that they haven't got decent photographs. All they've got is these blurry. Yeah. Pixelated photos. And you think 1990s printed. Yeah. yeah. And you think, no, this isn't what I paid for. I didn't, you know, I wanted quality because, Mm. you know, I'm investing something in it. And in, in, in this, you know, we're investing our time into watching it. And, you know, as fans of, of who, you know, sometimes we're, I, I do flip between, you know, what side of the fence I'm on with this, but there, there is a part of me that thinks, well, we shouldn't demand or expect anything from, from TV programs. You know, it's down to us to say, well, I like it or I don't, I'll watch it or I won't. Mm. And, you know, it's not up to us to say to them off, you know, you, you know, it's, you, you have to provide us with the most amazing thing all the time because you can't please everyone, you know? So it's, 
but it, on the same, on the other hand, sorry, it's like, well, come on now, you know, you've been doing this for a while. <laughs> you know, you you speak to fans regularly. You're out and about all the time. Surely you know, you know what what fans are looking for. And you've, I know you've got your own ideas about where you want to take the show, but come on, you've got to do something else now. You can't just have these sort of convoluted storylines with no substance that don't really go anywhere. And then at the end of it, expect like a huge round of applause the world over. Mm. You know, it's like, I don't know, it just feels like, you know, when we, before Series 9 went out, we almost made the mistake of just completely writing it off before we'd even seen any episode because... Series 10, you mean? This uh, series. Uh, sorry, this series, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Series 10. Because um, we thought to ourselves, right, we're all hyped up about old Chibbers. You know, mm-hmm. we can't wait to get stuck into what he's because we were so, you know, we were borderline just miserable with the Moth stories and his, you know, where he was going with things. And we thought, oh, you know, Series 10 is going to be awful. You know, we wrote it off. We thought, you know, come on, bring on Chris Chibnall. It's going to be amazing. And then when Series 10 kicked off, we were like, this is great. Yeah. You know, the Moth finally gets it. He, he mm. understands what, you know, makes great Who episodes. And, you know, he's obviously spoken to Russell T. Davis, so he now gets, you know, character interactions and dialogue, and he knows this is awesome. And then you get to these episodes and you think, oh, what what happened? Yeah, you know, I what, think that's why I kept thinking, what has happened? Yeah. And I was pretty much, I don't know about you, but I was with the episode um, up until the regeneration, really. I was getting quite sort of sucked into what was going on and then i don't know but i don't know if you agree with me here but that once we got to the scene with the fake regeneration mm-hmm. i felt that was the biggest middle finger Stephen moffat has ever given us i really felt like he was oh. just saying yeah take that <laughs> did you i mean i really i thought it, you know like the doctor's laughing at bill saying you know sorry was that a bit too much like, i i i honestly think that was Stephen moffat speaking through the doctor to the viewer. I think he was really just saying, yeah, there you go. Take that. You know, um, I don't know how, how do you feel about that fake regeneration? Did you, were you like me? Did it once, once it turned, he just started laughing and said it was all joke. Did you think, yeah, I knew it. Knew that was going to happen. Um, yeah, well, I didn't know what to think. I was in, I was sort of in shock for a few seconds afterwards because I thought, what what's just what have I just seen here? Mm-hmm. I need to sort of clarify this in my own brain before I move on any further. You know, what have we just seen? Have we seen a regeneration properly? Which I don't think we did because he looks the same. Or has the doctor somehow managed to fake a regen? Because afterwards, didn't he say that he they were meant to replace the gun with blanks or something? And yeah, the that's right. There's like, a lot of humour straight after. Yeah, it, yeah, and the guy and the guy he was speaking to was like, "No, I didn't." So does that mean that the doctor was actually shot? And no, he, I think it's a different gun. I think he was just saying like he'd forgotten, like one of the guards had forgotten to do it, but oh, he right, was, right. he was shot with blanks. This blanks, is the way right. I took it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I wasn't sure at all. I thought, yeah. and, and then he does this fake regeneration, but it looks obviously real, mm. but I didn't know the doctor was capable of doing that. It just seems like out of character, whichever you know, whichever version of the Doctor we're talking about, in any classic Doctor or any Doctor we've seen before, and they've all got the different personality traits. That doesn't seem like the sort of thing that any Doctor would do to me. Mm. 
And it's a, this inconsistency as well, isn't it, about what the Doctor can and can't do with regeneration. Like, he couldn't regenerate his eyes back to sight, but he can do just a blast of regeneration for a laugh. Um, you know, <laughs> for a laugh, yeah. Um, it's, I don't know, it's just, it just seemed a bit, it seemed like it, it was just literally put in there. So they had something to put in the trailer mm. to, to get people buzzing, I think. Um, I, the way I look at it is, my biggest problem with it actually is that I cannot see Bill shooting the doctor. There was just the build up to that just didn't feel right to me at all because of her character, because right, right. Bill so far has been so, um, is the word pacifist? Am I using the right word there? She, you know, when she sees somebody who's been killed or whatever, like the guy who was dead in the spacesuit, and she was like, can we lie him down? And she's, it's just not in her character. I get right. that she's supposed to have been six months or whatever, you know, doing what she's been doing and maybe she's toughened up a bit, whatever. But I cannot see Bill being pushed to that extreme of, of shooting the doctor so casually, um, let alone firing four bullets into him. I was just thinking, I just don't think Bill would do that. You know, it's literally there to give this plot device of the doctor doing the regeneration for, for a laugh. I know he's doing it to test bill, you know, and all that. I get that, but I just couldn't see her doing it, mate. Um, and I had a big issue with that. I didn't like the fact that bill could be pushed to that extreme where she would fire four bullets into the doctor thinking they were real. I just didn't like that idea at all. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't, it didn't ring true to bill's character to me. Um, especially when it's then thrown away in a heartbeat of, of just being, a joke but the other side of that and this is the bit that probably people won't agree with me on is um i quite liked the humor <laughs> that was written directly after it so um i did honestly think it was just the moth having a real sly dig at us but but i actually felt thought that the dialogue was quite funny um although presumably whithouse wrote it but you know what i mean i did actually find the scene directly afterwards of him saying yeah you know, it's just because Capaldi's playing it so well and he's so smug with himself, isn't he? And he's like, Tanada, was that good? You know, I, I thought it was a funny scene. Um, but I was sort of sat there thinking I shouldn't really be enjoying this because I'm actually quite annoyed, but I am actually finding this quite funny. <laughs> well, that's so, what, yeah, that's what we said earlier, wasn't it? It was yeah. the performances. So not necessarily the story or the what was going on. It was the performances that, yeah. that made it a good watch. I mean, I... I I will admit with you, I did find it quite funny. There was, yeah, you know, when, yeah, when he's saying, you know, was that good? And he's like, well, the regeneration was a bit much. And and then when Bill finds out it was all a setup, she's like, I'm going to kick the sh. We had that oh, yeah, of, she said it again, didn't yeah, she? Yeah. We almost had a, a swear in, in Who, but it's covered up nicely. And then Capaldi's in, it was like, oh, come on. We got the Getting band, the back, band to back together. <laughs> yeah, I loved all that. I that did. Was, and I yeah. I really like that side to his doctor as well, where he sort of um, thinks he's being really funny. And you're thinking, actually, you're being a bit of a, um, you're being a bit of a, a, a wally, <laughs> but you think you're funny. <laughs> and that's quite charming. Mm. I really like that side to his doctor um, yeah. when we get to see it. Yeah. It, it was, I think it was just, um, yeah, I, I think just the fake regeneration and the fact that the doctor did that. And then had a good old laugh. I, it, I'm not sure. I, I just don't. I, I like the, the the bit afterwards, like you. Yeah. The yeah. humorous side of things, but I don't know. It just seemed weird to have a, you know, the Doctor faking his regeneration. Where, and it also it's, it doesn't seem to. It doesn't seem to gel with the consistency of the series so far either. You know, like you yeah. mentioned with Bill, you didn't think that 
it was in her character to shoot the doctor. I don't think it is. Yeah, but... I thought this as well, because earlier on in the series, it might have even been the pilot or the one after, where Bill was um, asking the doctor about regeneration and so on. And he got really cagey about it and really quiet and, mm. and didn't want to even talk about it at all. You can see him sort of shut down immediately and then just change the conversation. So earlier on in the series, he clearly has a bit of a, a a feeling or something about regeneration that he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want anything to do with it in front of Bill anyway. But then here we are in this episode and he's literally, you know, doing it right in front of her and then having a laugh afterwards. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You know? So it yeah. doesn't, in, in terms of where we've been with the Doctor, it doesn't seem to... Maybe there's a larger reason for it. I mean, I think... Um, I think that... I think that he wasn't supposed to do that because Nardo was quite surprised. He was like... That's true, yeah, because yeah, Nardo's like, it was a bit much. Yeah, so yeah. maybe he was just, you know, in the, in the moment sort of thing. But mm. yeah, it, it didn't seem to fit with how we've seen the Doctor up to that point. But then again, no. like you say with Bill, it doesn't seem to fit with her either. So that that's what, that's, these, these are the things that I mean when I say it feels like a moth thing because we had that all throughout Series 6. Inconsistency. And yeah. most of 7, actually, where things just didn't seem right and click together and... Mm. Yeah. So. Also, Bill doesn't know, as far as we know, Bill doesn't even know what a regeneration is, unless the Doctor sat down and talked to her when, you know, off screen that we haven't seen. But she wouldn't even know what was happening, would she? Um, but no, I mean, it's, it is the fact that she shot the Doctor that I'm out of that whole thing. That's the thing I'm most uncomfortable with, um, because I think Bill's been a really good role model this series uh, for lots of reasons. I just think, she, you know, she's been a really good, strong character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I just didn't like the fact that she would fire four rounds into the doctor for whatever reason, you know, I mean, and the reason we have in the episode is that she, she thinks because he's joined the monks that they've don't stand a chance of defeating them. So she's got to kill the doctor. That just does not add up to me. It just does, does not compute that she would fire that gun. She might sort of think she's going to, but I just can't see her pulling the trigger like she did. It didn't, yeah. I didn't feel comfortable with that at all. Yeah, that seems strange, doesn't it? Uh, okay, so there was there was some good things though. Yeah, in the episode there was some good stuff. So um, I really like the style. I know you said the production wasn't that great. Well, the statues of... looked bad, didn't they? You know, yeah. we got all these statues. Look, yeah. They looked terrible. Yeah, but I, I did like the 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 kind of style it was done in. So you did have these like moments where there was just one or two frames that flicked up. And it was the the monk with the the truth oh, symbol yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it was like that propaganda, you know, sort of continual brainwashing thing and brainwash. Yeah, yeah it popped up now and then. So I, I quite like that style. That was that was well done. Um, yeah, and I liked how the uh, how you you did feel like the the population was already um, sort of under control. Uh, it was a good start, wasn't it, when that woman was dragged out and very much like um what's the what's the Cyberman episode in series two where they burst into the house and tread on the photograph frame. It's a, so similar to that. Um oh, the age of Steel, is steel, it? Was it? No, 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 it's not. I can't remember now. Listeners will know what I'm on about. The the final of series two. Um yeah, so I thought the beginning was really good. Like you said, all that about bringing the fact that we've got a few people that are not brainwashed, you know, that are forming these little groups and 
you know, uh, rebels, whatever you want to call it. What I mean, that is the other thing I don't get is why are um, Bill and Nardal? Well, M- M- Nardal, maybe you could say because he's a robot, whatever he's supposed to be. But mm-hmm. why is Bill not affected? Because she made the deal. If they're going to make sure anybody's brainwashed, it's going to be Bill. So how come she's just wandering around not affected by it? Surely the monks would have made sure she was, you know, the key person yeah, under, you know? Um, yeah, true. It's it's a strange one because and it's, it was good also to see Bill's kind of an immediate um, sort of process of going through it. I like how the brainwashing stuff is trying to do its thing and she's she's working hard against it and she conjures up the image of her mum. Is that maybe is that why she's not affected actually? Yeah, because we have had this underlying theme of her mum, haven't we, throughout yeah. the series, which has clearly been sort of leading up to this, I suppose. So maybe is that maybe that's why because she's got this thing that she talks to her mum and which ultimately defeats them at the end. So perhaps that's why. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Like, yeah. Well. Yeah. Because I think she was the one that that asked for the consent. So I think it's her. It's her brain sort of power that's sort of creating this whole thing. She's like the catalyst, if you like, which is why it has to be her at the end that, that forces her, her own true memories and thoughts about her mum into the, into the alien, the monk thing that's putting out all of the signals in from the statues and stuff. So I think that's why it has to be her to do that because she's the one that created it all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think the, the, the image of her mum and that memory, you know, just pure love and, and all that stuff I quite like you know and it's a bit soppy but it's, it's quite a nice way of you know um of everything not being wrapped up because I don't like the, the reset button thing but it's an it, mm. it's a nice way of of doing that yeah it's a different way of doing and, it and yeah it was a nice like scene it. at the beginning as well you know when she's in the cafe and she makes her mum sort of appear next to her and mm. and then we see Nardole's <laughs> <laughs> that was quite fun yeah bound in and yeah, so th- and there was there was also the scenes with um, uh, hold on, get my notes. There was also the scene with, or the scenes, should I say, um, with the um the the infiltration bit, if you like, where the doctor's trapped on the on the boat, seemingly, mm. um, and then they do this sort of like sort of James Bondish thing where they sort of take a boat out to the thing, and they have to got their fake papers, and they're trying to doing the, the whole spy thing you know that was quite cool that was because at that point we didn't know the doctor's allegiance with the monks if it was real or not he was just in the, mm. in the boat putting out these tv adverts and so on which were really yeah. funny and creepy by the way um so that was quite good the way that was done it but it was just that scene where the fake regeneration onwards from there it it just felt a bit flat from that point I thought so, yeah. I mean, yeah, because the, yeah, you then get the doctor on the, the boat crashing into the thing doing the manic laugh as well, don't you? <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> yeah. Um, crazy laugh. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's good. It, it was good. Like it, like we said, it was a good watch. These things, they, they it was good Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I like that. Cool. I mean, I do. you mentioned Nardal and, and Bill there. I think they're working very well together, actually. Like you said, some good humour when he comes into the flat um, and also on the boat bit you just mentioned as well. So some nice bits going on there. Um, and then obviously Bill getting cross with him when he's in on the fact that <laughs> she's like, you knew and all that sort of stuff. So I <laughs> yeah. really, those two are working brilliantly together, actually, I think. You guys. Yeah, I think they are. And I think um, they, they make this episode very watchable, I think. They do. Yeah. And it, and it's one of those things where 
I'm quite surprised that because when we had a lot of uh, the stuff with the Doctor and Clara, sometimes, well, quite often with most of the episodes with those two, often you'd come away thinking, ah, oh, you know, Clara's a bit annoying in that one, or she was okay, yeah. but the Doctor was a bit goofy and he wasn't didn't really fit with the story, or you know, that sort of thing. But in in this series so far, I know that we've kind of we've knocked these three episodes a little bit. Um, but one thing that has been very cool is the consistency of the characters. If you take away, if you take away just this odd scene with the Doctor fake regenerating and, and Bill, you know, putting some bullets into the Doctor, if you take those bits away, the interactions between them, though, so they have had this kind of band together thing thing going on quite well. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So the, the way that Nardo is like. And I think they have, because initially we thought he was just going to be light comic relief, didn't we? We thought he was going to be a bit of a Disney character and just throw in these funny one-liners and so on. He has been a, quite an important part of the team. And he, he, I like him. I think they, he, there is a closeness between the three of them, don't you think? Like the Doctor, Bill and, and uh, Nardle, you do feel like they are friends and looking out for each other and there's a bit of it's like a real friendship because there's a bit of tetchiness sometimes, but you know, you can see that underneath it all they care about each other and mm. so that's i think that's you know maybe that's what was missing from the doctor and clara stuff is that she always seemed to be on par with the doctor yeah um and you you got that they care for each other but you know there seems to be i don't know there's a lot more um there seems to be a lot more friendship between these three uh and they you know in terms of that anyway I think they're great together these three a, a really nice tardis team um lucas throws in a lot of humor which we expected but um but it's actually working if you know what i mean it's actually i actually really enjoy him really enjoy his humor in the episode you yes. know yep. so it's not just like he throws in a line and i'm like oh rolling my eyes or you know i actually do enjoy it when he's in a scene no i completely agree yeah yeah and i think that's one of the things that you know we said earlier this is not a bad watch no, it just, it's watchable. Yeah, but it just felt like it had no substance. That for me was at least one of the things that sort of kept it going was, the you know, the three of them. Uh, you know, you can tell that they have formed this, this cool bond with each other. And, mm. You know, it's good to see. And um, one thing that was that was very cool to see was the Doctor and Bill and they were talking to Missy. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about mm. Missy. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. So... I like I really liked Michelle Gomez in this as mm. usual I thought she she played um she played Missy really well as usual but mm. I thought the script was a little bit sort of weak for her for the most part I, I, and I and I get it I know that the doctor's going through this thing where she has to be remorseful and she's trying to turn it around and not be this you know <laughs> murderous villainous you know person um, but I felt that it was just a bit weak throughout. And then we had the scene where she's crying at the end. And, you yeah. know, is she really crying about this? You know, I don't think she is. Um, that's See, I'm opinion. a bit, yeah. I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit conflicted on the scene with Missy because it, she seemed pointless to the episode. But I actually, I actually really enjoyed the scene with Missy because I just loved her performance. And um, I like the way she just blanked Bill. Uh, she just didn't sort of even acknowledge poor Bill, did she? So they've obviously taken it. You know, Bill was obviously at first is thinking, how can you 
keep someone locked up like this. But then very quickly she sees that um, Mrs. Not just any, you know, nutcase. She's actually quite a nasty piece of work. So, you know, very quickly I think Bill's got Mrs. character. Um, so I quite mm. liked that. I mean, I quite enjoyed the scene. I think you're right. I just think Michelle Gomez was was just given a very she's very good at being mad, but without sort of going too over the I mean, she does go over the top, but it works somehow. Does yeah. that make sense? You know what I mean, like she's she's really scary, and I love the fact that you never know from one second to the next what she's gonna do or say. So unpredictable. Mm. Um, and she is over the top, but I, I love it. I mean, I just, I thought she was, sizz- I thought her and Capaldi together was sizzling on screen in that scene. I really liked it. Um, but yeah, again, it didn't, I don't know. I was a bit conflicted cause it didn't really sort of add anything. It was just sort of plonked in the middle to, to get from A to B really. Like you said, the fact that she already knew the monks threw me a little bit, um, because she seemed to know straight away what the doctor was talking about, didn't she? But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I loved Michelle Gomez in it this week. Just the whole look, the whole crazy way she was being, and um, I don't know what's going on with the crying at the end. Um, I don't know where we're going with that at all. But um, <laughs> I don't believe it for a second. <laughs> I, li- I liked the the look of the room. You know, it had the little gas fire in it. They were sort of sat near a gas fire at the end. <laughs> And oh, I thought yeah. well, that's a yeah. nice touch because I remember those fires. I thought that's a nice little touch. Um, apparently, Capaldi said he was really surprised to see it in shot because they only brought them in because the actors were freezing cold oh, right. in this right. in this disused building. He said, you know, he didn't. They weren't part of the scenery. So he said, that I was like, when I, when he was watching it, he was like, do they know they've left that in shot? Is that supposed to be there? <laughs> but I thought it looked really nice. I thought it was a really nice little touch. Then too, mm. sat around that gas fire. I thought it looked great. No, so I loved, I loved yeah. Missy in it, mate. I, I loved her in it. Um, a very sort of shoehorned little scene, but uh, but it, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought she was cool. Yeah, she was cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, and what about um? So there was. I just want to touch on uh, Murray Gold's music. Yeah, I thought there this one had a had a really cool feel to it. This one, it was one of those episodes where it could have very easily gone down the route of let's do big, um, big orchestral stuff. Let's throw in the doctor's theme. You know, I am the doctor from Matt Smith's era. Let's throw that in there as they're doing their thing. And, yeah. um, but it, it went the other way almost. It was this very chilled out. Uh, I mean, there was a bit of that towards the end where Bill's going through the whole memory thing and she's broadcasting mm. her memories out. But, um, up to that point, it was almost like a, it's almost like a chilled out Hammond keyboard sort of, uh, it just wasn't like action packed and, you know, thrill ride stuff that Murray Gold does sometimes with these yeah. episodes. Um, and I really, really liked it. And it really makes me really want them to just get these soundtracks released. I know. I'm the same. I think it every week actually, cause I'm, I agree with you. I'm loving Murray's music this series. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, he's, he does throw in the odd sort of um, thing that's been used a thousand times. But, yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm loving the music in this. I do think he's trying new things as well. Um, I do think we're getting, you know, some different styles from him, um, which yeah. are really suiting the feel of the episode. So I'm the same as you, Matt. I'm just every week I sat there thinking, oh, every time a good bit of music comes in, I'm like, oh, when are they going to get those soundtracks out? Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you, you know you're saying about the, the bit um, – with the screens where they're showing lots of clips, you know, when Bill's um, taking over the whole mind thing. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, did you think it was a bit weird that they showed the real Winston Churchill instead of Ian McNeese? Yes. Yeah. They kind of threw the continuity a little bit. I don't know if that's it's just a, just one of those things that perhaps didn't occur to them at the time. That, yeah, Churchill bung that in, a um, bit of ABBA, you know, whatever they were throwing up on there, because there was all sorts, weren't there? But it did strike me as like, well, that's weird, because obviously that's William Churchill, but shouldn't mm. we be seeing the William Churchill that we know? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, is, is that his name? Ian McNeese? I think it is. It is. Yeah, yeah the guy who was in Victory of the Daleks, yeah. So I thought that was a bit of a a missed opportunity, maybe. I don't know. It just seemed a bit wrong. I don't know if you thought it. Um, yeah, I'm glad you said that. Because, it, yeah, I mean, it did throw in a kind of a continuity thing. I mean, I don't think it's a huge thing. I, you know, they, I think they were just trying to be properly properly factual about it because um you know the, the state of the of the entire world is at is, is in jeopardy so you mm. know the um the importance of the of what they were trying to portray is is there but yeah i'm glad you mentioned it because when i when i saw that i thought oh it's churchill and i thought because what actually what popped into my head first was one of the covers for the big finish um stories oh right yeah yeah churchill years yeah so when uh, for some reason i thought of that first and i thought We've had Churchill in Who a, a little bit since it came back. So I thought, why didn't they use a clip of... And then it just went out of my head and I thought, okay, well, never mind. But yeah, it is interesting that you say that. I wonder if many people have, have picked up on that and, and were yeah, bothered by we it. Yeah, because we had clips of Weeping Angels and Daleks from other episodes. So it just seemed odd they didn't put a... Mm. If they want to put Churchill in, just put a quick shot from Victory of the Daleks in there. I don't know. It just, yeah, it's probably just one of those little production things. I mean, it's not... <laughs> not a bad day but you know i didn't lose any sleep over it just to just thought um no oh, that was a bit strange i'd have thought they'd have bound a clip in but yeah that's what i mm. thought i thought no, i'm not mm. yeah i'm not gonna not lose any sleep but mm. um, talking yeah, of production just before we get on to our scores did you i mentioned the editing i think last week being a bit sloppy i thought the editing was a bit sloppy again this week <laughs> there were some scenes that just seemed to be i was thinking I don't know. It just didn't 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 seem very quickly cut, or I don't know. It seems like sometimes the scene went on two or three seconds longer than it should, and I don't know. These uh, that's probably sounds ridiculous. Thinking, well, what's two or three seconds? But there were a couple of bits in this where I thought the editing just seemed a bit off. I don't know if you felt that because that's the second week running. I've I've thought that. Um, kind of. I thought they, I thought they did a bit of a sloppy job for extremists. Yeah. Uh, and a, but then they, it went back to. Oh yeah, it was extremist, wasn't it? I thought. Yeah. yeah. So for the last one, uh, I thought they got back to sort of the normal because who's normally very well made, mm. you know. So yeah, I thought that they sort it out, but I didn't notice anything too bad with the editing. But are you saying it was a bit? No, it's nothing. Nothing really, really bad. But it just struck me a couple of points um, just watching it, especially second watch. I was thinking, you know, it's it's hard to explain, but hmm. sort of scenes where so where they're creeping around the boat, for example, so they might disappear around the corner of a corridor. So normally you'd cut as soon as they've gone around that corridor. But they were sort of so. For example, you get like a few more seconds after they've disappeared, and you're just staring at a corridor and thinking, "Well, that these scenes should have been tightened up a little bit." Right, you know, right. I don't know. It, it may just be me, mate. It may just be me being too picky. But there was just a couple of bits like that where I was thinking, you know, if it, I suppose, because I do editing on my laptop, it's, I, I sort of see it through my eyes. I think, well, I would have cut there. Why are we still lingering on the shot? <laughs> There's like nothing happening, you know. So there was a couple of little bits in this episode where I was a bit like that. Just thinking, well, I would have, mm. I would have cut there. I don't know what, what's going on, but anyway, probably just me. Well, if I know the moth, 
listens. So, uh, <laughs> have you got any editing roles coming up? Yeah, I'm your man. I've got a consultant right here. <laughs> no, I do agree. I do agree. It wasn't as bad as extremists, but uh, it wasn't bad at all, no. mate. Don't say me wrong. I just wondered if you'd sort of felt like there was a couple of bits where it's a bit sluggish, if you like, but yeah. Yeah. The interns obviously um running the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to mention, mate? No, that's it, buddy. That's it. Before we crack We've on. Done. Right. Scores. Yeah. Scores. scores. Um it's me doors. to go first. Cool. And I am going to give so let's give our our rating for this and then the three parter rating as a Oh, okay. Just for fun. That's interesting, yeah. So, The Lie of the Land. I am going to give this a six. I am also giving it a six. Ah, okay. Yes, I'm giving it a six as well. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, and for the <laughs> the quote-unquote loose trilogy three-parter score, I will give it a seven. Um, I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I was going to say I was. I would really love to have said this was sort of an eight or a nine um i thought we'd be i thought that's where we were going with it i thought it's going to be a lot stronger um but i've got to agree with you it's a um very watchable but it's a seven didn't reach great heights that it, it could have yeah it had great yeah. potential yeah to be um yeah uh, uh, but yeah so a six from us them. what did our lovely listeners think let's yeah. kick off with an audio review this is sammy satine you know, the very powerful and the very stupid have one thing in common. They don't alter their views to fit the facts. They alter the facts to fit their views, which can be uncomfortable if you happen to be one of those facts that needs altering. The fourth doctor in the face of evil. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, the lie of the land. Missy cried. I've never seen the master cry. I was caught between feeling shocked and feeling sorry for her. Also, Missy is the wise one in the episode. How did that happen? How did it happen that she's saving the world? Also, since when is regeneration a joke? Because that's what it felt like during that sequence. Also, love Nardle. He's awesome. Extremist, 8 out of 10. Pyramid at the end of the world, 8 out of 10. Live the land, 8 out of 10. See you in for the Ice Warriors next week. Bye. <laughs> Cheers, Sammy. She loved it. Yeah, I like the um, fourth Ooh, Doctor quote as well. Yes, very nice. Very yes. cool, very cool. Uh, over on Twitter, um, Dread Sinister <laughs> says, awful, simply awful, awful. and embarrassing oh, and a pitiful mm. way to mark Capaldi's final season. It's a downward spiral from here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, Darren says, I know one thing, my missus doesn't like it. She has every series with me so far and said to me, this isn't feeling... Uh, this isn't feeling it. It's not Doctor Who. Oh, dear. Uh, for me, I say, why did the Doctor fake a regeneration? Bill wouldn't know anything about it, would she? Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm. Mm. Another audio of you. This is Joe Sweeney. Hello again, Adam. Hope, hope you guys are well. I thought I'd do a quick review of um, the appearance at the end of the world as I wasn't there last week. Payment at the End of the World I thought was great and it was a very good continuation from Extremists and it was so much better. Um, I thought um, Peter Capaldi, Pell Mackey were brilliant. Um, the Doctor's blindness and Tim getting his side back at the end, I thought that was executed very well. And Bill sort of had a big part to play. And, um, and well done to Peter Harness and Stephen Morphe for, for writing up this story. So I'll give a score of 8 out of 10. And The Lie of the Land was an underrated story 
It didn't live up to my expectations. It started off well for the first 10 minutes, and then after that, the story started to drift away. Um, the pacing and plot was weak. Um, Bill was brilliant. I thought her dialogue between her and the Doctor on the boat scene was fantastic. And, and I just loved the Doctor and Bill together and their dynamic between them. Um, however, the fake regeneration was pointless and just, just to have for the sake of the of marketing and trailers to build so much hype was just ridiculous the monks was underused and the potential for being an unstoppable force and being a huge major threat was wasted away and missy just had no importance or relevance to the storyline um but it was a bit odd that she's just having some regrets of the people that she killed um the conclusion of of this episode was wrapped up too quickly and and the CGI was just bad, and the flying pyramid was just again ridiculous. So overall, it was a disappointed story of the monks trilogy. So I'll give it a score of um, five out of ten, and I'll give the monks trilogy a six out of ten. Six out of ten for the lot. Thank you, Joe. And yes, I agree. That flying pyramid. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, over on Facebook. No, don't play with that. Don't play with that. What's happening? My cat has decided to. Oh, the sun, I can't see because the sun's on the picture. It's TARDIS, Gary's cat. Yay. She he just that... wants to be on. She wants to be on the podcast, mate. Yeah. She thought now would be a great time to start. She wants to put a comment in. <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> Maybe next time. She's got the hump now. Anyway, I run Facebook. Jeff Waddle says a car crash. Oh. Of a finale to a trilogy. <laughs> uh, the three main characters are acting their socks off. And this was just Martha Jones, the missing year of wandering the earth redone. <laughs> the doctor waited six months for Bill to rescue him. Uh, what about all the people killed or jailed in that time? Yeah. The monks know Bill is their link to the world. Wouldn't they have been better locking her up to keep her secure? That's what I said, yes. Regeneration energy nonsense. Bill doesn't even know what that is. And what do the monks actually do? Why does the monk in the cargo hold not read Bill's mind when they can sense rebellion at random in streets? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. What a load of garbage. A mm. great first episode, average second, terrible third, not a good trilogy. We've seen it all before. Back to the worst of the Moffat traits after a season of highs. Four out of ten for the trilogy, two out of ten for this. Oh, dear. And I've knocked two points off for Love Saves the Day again. Again. <laughs> Cheers, Jeff. Ah, oh, Jeff. Yeah. Jamie Ackerley says, This loose trilogy, in my opinion, has been far too convoluted and contrived. Uh, I had really thoroughly loved every episode up to and including Oxygen. There were a complete freshness and genuine change of style, which I'd really appreciated. This last episode felt a little too similar to The Master taking over the world in Series 3. Mm. It's not awful. It's Doctor Who. It's always going to be pretty much the best TV. But this episode, a 7 out of 10. Okay, fair uh, enough. Leslie Shergold. On first viewing, um, there hasn't yet been a Duff episode. Sure, on further viewings, you can pick out the pot, plot holes and things that don't make sense, but usually my second viewing takes place when I sit down with my three-year-old and six-year-old nephews, which brings to the bring us to what has become my biggest bugbear with Series 10. Where is the fun? The broad humour. I'm really upset that I haven't considered any of the episodes so far to be suitable viewing for them. 
Smile yeah. may be at a push, but the 20 minutes or so that we watched was just a load of walking and talking, according to my six-year-old nephew, Jacob. Mm. Oh dear. I, I do see where Les is coming from on that. Yeah. Yeah. Where is the larger fun to be had mm. in watching her? Anyways, Dean Jones. When I initially watched it, I did like it. But the more I thought about it and giving it a second viewing, it did not hold up, unfortunately. No, no. Good ideas. Performances were great. Pearl and Capaldi were brilliant as usual. And I'm actually warming to Matt Lucas's Nardole. The direction was good. The music was great. But there are mm. major flaws that bring it down. The setup of the monks being on Earth very early on is very similar to the silence. The fake regeneration was disappointing and I was hooked. I know the Doctor has executed regeneration energy in other stories. The Angels Take Manhattan, the wish is familiar, but it's the execution and the marketing that makes it all the more frustrating. It makes yes. sense. Yeah, it makes sense for Bill to end the rule of the monks, but the actual resolution makes little sense. Not a terrible story, but this trilogy of episodes had fantastic ideas and the payoff is let down. Uh, he gives it a five out of ten, the overall trilogy six. Fair enough, Dean. Yes, yep. good points, mate. Yeah. Uh, another audio clip. This is Owen Daly. Hello again, Adam. Hope you're both well and enjoying the show. Live the land. Really, really enjoyed this episode. Um, I thought the Monk trilogy got better every week, with Extremis being weak, uh, Pyramid at the end of the world being kind of good, but not great. But this one really hit the bar, as I love Toby Whithouse's writing, and he really he really made this dystopian future, not future, dystopian world, which um, was made by the monks. Uh, and I love the idea of them implanting themselves into other people's brains, making them think that they've been there forever, as it's kind of like a bit of a, a reverse from the silence, uh, which I also love the concept of us not being able to remember them. These guys planted them onto us, and I thought it was a great idea. Uh, I thought the monks maybe could have had a little bit more to do with this episode, as uh, I didn't. I think they didn't have the necessary conclusion they deserved. They were kind of just in the background of the story. But it also gave Capaldi some great material to shine with, as um, I finally saw the 12th Doctor I wanted to see since last Christmas. As in the scene before he does the fake regeneration, he was just beautifully written, and it was just the Rebel Time Lord all over again. And I really missed that version of 12, because, I don't know, I don't really like the... The comedic 12, I prefer the dark, annoying, grumpy 12. Uh, just talking about the regeneration quickly, I don't really mind, because I knew it was going to be fake. Um, I didn't expect it to be that jokey, I wasn't too happy with the way it was. Um, he was like, clapped his hand and then started laughing. But I still I still see where they were going with it, and it was a great scene beforehand. Uh, and then, my favourite part of this episode was when Nardole and Bill first interact with each other, and then Nardole takes his hat off and goes, It's me! It's Nardy! He calls himself Nardy. And I think that's what I'm going to call it from now on. So Nardy is great. Overall, I love this episode. Eight out of ten. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Oh, I mean, loved it. Yeah, somebody liked it. Yeah, cool. Nardy. Nardy. <laughs> uh, Lewis Palmer says, I liked it, but I'd be lying if I said it was a fully satisfying conclusion. Ah. Don't like the reflection. It's kind towards this. Uh, I don't think reflection is kind towards this one because as I began to think about the episode, I noticed more flaws. Yeah. Uh, for example, the regeneration was cool on a first watch, but thinking about it, it's actually quite a nasty move on the Doctor's part. Mm. CGI was also really terrible throughout the episode, with the worst offenders being the statues and the green yeah. screening of Bill's mum. Mm. This whole convoluted trilogy takes up three episodes of what was shaping up to be good old-fashioned fun series, meaning we only have, uh, meaning we have only two episodes left before the finale which will be filled with story arcs. However, oh, no. I somehow enjoyed myself, so I give it a 5 out of 10. Yeah. But, oh, that's brought it home, isn't it? We've only yeah. got... Ooh. Crikey, I thought we had more than that. I thought we had three. I thought we had four uh, or five weeks left. No, not many. Let oh, me consult dear. our charts. 
Uh, so one, two. Oh, he's right. Have we only got three episodes left? We've got three episodes and <gasps> then the finale. Oh, and then the finale. Yeah, so we've got four. <sighs> That's not a lot, though. I know. Crikey. Crikey. Uh, anyways. Uh, thank you very much, Christopher. Uh, Martin Arnold says, Week ending, a real shame. The weakest of the series so far. Naldor returns with a uh, Naraya word despite being left choking on a cliffhanger. The Doctor is pretending to support the monks to get Bill's attention and force her to the point she ends up doing something utterly unthinkable by trying to kill him. Ending was weak. The monks just gave up and left. And uh, the tired Moffat trope of companion saves the day is used again. Yeah, didn't that was annoying. Yeah, didn't we have enough of this with Clara? Question mm. mark. Enjoyable yep. enough otherwise, if you're prepared to overlook some pretty lazy storytelling. Maybe a longer sequence than the trilogy was required. Yes, Jake mm. Birdwhistle. Uh, I knew there would be at least one episode in Series 10 that I hate, and here it is. Uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of things written down about the episode, and I don't like how it's so lazily written. And the ending was rubbish and felt like Toby just hit a giant reset button. Uh, goes on to say, um, uh, I did like the acting in this episode, though, especially from Pearl. It's not completely terrible, um, but it is a very bad episode. And I knew that after all the build up, um, the extremists and the pyramid at the end of the world did that even Toby couldn't wrap this all up in 40 minutes. This episode can be summed up in two words, wasted potential. Yes, 5. I agree. 5. Yes, I agree. Rob Kernick. Wow, what a great one. Uh, story during the second half was a bit shaky uh, but the Martha Jones style part was amazing the Doctor turning evil was great Capaldi smashes that sort of stuff uh, does. Moffat teasing a regeneration like that was cruel overall <laughs> I enjoyed it acting and cast were usual uh, top form uh, nice bit of Magpie also oh yeah forgot about Magpie Electricals yeah uh, 8 out of 10 nice one yeah. Miles McKenzie I found this episode very enjoyable although the ending was slightly underwhelming I think it's one of the best of series 10 uh, love Ooh. the TARDIS gang. Love Matt's line. It's me, Nardi. Gives it 8.5. Okay, yeah. Joseph right. Howarth, we've all had this build-up with the monks, all this um, set, and for what? Nothing, I tell you. Nothing. <laughs> uh, what do we gain from all these episodes that the monks were going to invade our planet? But it's okay, because the Doctor and Bill saved the day. What a pointless subplot. Granted, for what it's worth, I did enjoy the first two parts of this three-parter, but I honestly... Uh, really wish the new series would stop making three-parter episodes. It always seems to fall apart in the last parts. Mm. Uh, the monks were just wasted potential as villains and nothing and accomplished nothing at all. I rate this three-parter um, eight for extremists, pyramid eight, and this story a three. A three? Yeah. Oh, wow. Happy. Jason Thayer, I liked it, but I was really hoping Sutek would be behind it all. Uh, it had cool. all the trappings... <laughs> Moffat, you like to throw in classic Who references all the time, so why not bring back one of the show's best villains? Yeah. But he gave it 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, Callum Granger, I loved it, and Bill Potts was awesome. Uh, Paul Villano just says, naff. And lastly, <laughs> Luke Allen says, wow, what a brilliant story. Uh, perfectly wraps up the trilogy, and you can see how much the characters enjoyed it. Regeneration was obviously for the trailer, and uh, who was the regeneration prank for anyway? Bill didn't know what regeneration was. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. Yeah, I love the story mostly and did like the fact that Matt Lucas added a reference to his BBC Two comedy, Pompadour. Did he? Apparently, ow, that hurt me. That really hurt me. Well, oh, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, overall, loved it and definitely made up for the disappointment that was the pyramid at the end of the world. Uh, nine out of ten. Did you ever watch Pompadour? <laughs> no, no, I've never. I heard of it, but I've never seen it. You, well, I'm, yeah, you're not missing much. Uh, lastly, our last audio rebook, uh, audio rebook, 
Here we go. See, that's done for Facebook, but our last audio clip is from Jay Kent. Hey, Yari and Adam, hope you're doing well, or at least I hope you think you are. Now, Love the Land, goodness, it was a decent concept that surprised me with how it played out and how many twists and turns it had, which generally shocked me. The bits with Missy was actually really good, especially the last scene where we saw some development in her character. It was a decent concept that was played out well with good tension and good humour. The regeneration sequence made sense within context, but the whole effects was just unnecessary and obviously something just to put in the trailers. However, like all disappointing episodes, the ending really let me down. So, very much lost the Time Lords-esque, Bill thinks of her mum and that just makes everything okay. And the monks don't have a plan B with their highly advanced simulations from Extremis, which, by the way, I see no relation to in either this or Pyramid, and the Ark could have coped fine without it. And the monks had no backup plan, they just run away. And then, very much in the Forest of the Night-esque, everyone forgets everything that happened. I enjoyed watching it and I was looking forward to a payoff to this honestly dragging trilogy, but there was no payoff, it was just over like that. So due to a haphazardly put together ending, I'm having to give Lie the Land a 5.5 out of 10. Honestly, despite me liking Pyramid, I'm glad this monk arc is over. Now let's get back to fun adventures somewhere else. See you next week. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay Bay. And I would like to say that I agree with that point. Yes. Let's get back to these cool fun adventures that we've seen up to this point yeah absolutely so that's done with the official stuff did you have anything through on your geeks handbag page uh, yeah i had a couple yeah uh, malcolm preston um says it's basically just a rehash of sound of the drums and last of the time lords did have that feel i have to say charlie turner said um it was good he enjoyed it eight out of ten gives the overall thing 7.5 luke east really enjoyed it lee Bruley, bit of an anti-climax, he says. Yes. Aaron Ball, incredibly disappointing, gives it 4.5. Um, Paul, I think you mentioned earlier, just put hashtag yawn. Really didn't <laughs> enjoy it. Um, um, he also mentions the fact that the monks do have a very similarity to the um, to the silence, mm-hmm. which I would agree with. Uh, Dave Wakefield said it didn't live up to his expectations and uh, really hated that love saved the day. Um, Kevin Mullen loved it. It says one word review. Incredible. So he really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, yeah, a lot of people just saying it didn't live up to expectations, really. Another guy I did enjoy it was Aidan Goosh uh, commented, said um, he loved it as well. Um, and Patrick Sherwood said, uh, great, um, but he's really looking forward to the Ice Warriors next week. So a bit of a mixed bag on the old Facebook. Uh, I'll just quickly do the Twitter poll this week, which um, was a bit more mixed than we've had recently. So 14% said they thought it was poor, 23% said average, 33% said it was good, and uh, only 30% thought it was excellent this week. So a little bit lower on mm-hmm. the excellent this week. But yeah. again, still performing pretty well this series. I think um, certainly better than we'd first thought, like you said, when we were going into Series 10. So we're still rocking and rolling. Um, we haven't had any sleep no mores or forest and nights yet <laughs> yeah we haven't dived into that well thank of goodness unhappiness yeah, don't attempt fate <laughs> <laughs> although uh, it's a gattis episode next week so oh, yeah so i was gonna say next week we could be back to form we've got a <laughs> classic monster making a comeback uh in a slightly different uh way that we've seen previously we've never seen a female or have we? We haven't seen a female Ice Warrior before. Have we? Um, not that I know of. No, not even in classic. Someone movie. will correct us if if we have, but I don't think so. Yeah. So yeah, next week. Um, what's the, the the episode called? The Empress of Empress of Mars. That's right. Yes. Mm. So that will be a an intro. Um, to be honest with you, I'm just thankful that there's no more um 
uh, interlocking archy trilogy type stories we can just re you know excuse the pun we can just reset now and just enjoy um a one-off adventure yeah let's get back to those yeah just a bit of fun i think hopefully indeedy and i think we're going to do there for one four five okay Thank you so much, guys, for sticking with us and listening to episode 145. One, four, five. <laughs> uh, we got some cool news. Um, if you're a fan of class, very sorry. Very sorry. Unless somebody takes over. Let's remember that the Beeb have not said it's officially gone. So somebody else could jump. Maybe the Moth could jump on board. No, I think Nick Briggs <laughs> is probably... Uh... You, you man, it'll be getting them over the big finish. I shouldn't, shouldn't wonder. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ice Warrior helmets from the classic years found restored. Good news. Yeah. And uh, let us know if you pre-order the series two steelbook. Because mm. uh, I have, and I think you have just yet. Did you say? Uh, I haven't yet. No. no, but I will be. Yeah, and if you find it cheaper than thirty-five squids, not that we're cheap skates, <laughs> but do let us know. <laughs> yeah. Head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can look at all the stuffs on there. So every episode is on there. Plus it links off to the social stuff. If you want to give us a follow on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that jazz, you can do so from there. And there's also a nice big button to subscribe to the show if you're an iTunes listener or if you're on Stitcher or something else like that, then uh, just head over there. We're on most of the podcast apps and so on just do a search you'll find us on there that'd be great if you're an iTunes listener if you could spare us a minute for a review and a rating that would be amazing because that does help us yes remember to check out Adam's channel The Geek's Handbag Mm. The Geek's Handbag yes I should be (laughs) beavering away to get that vlog finished for you for a collector mania yay so you can see Barrowman saying how much he hates the photo (laughs) So do a search do a search for the geeks handbag on youtube and facebook and you'll find all of adam's stuff on there it's really worth a subscribe on adam's channel and when you got a half an hour to spare jump on there <laughs> have a look and you'll find out that two or three hours have gone past yeah because all of his wonderful videos oh too kind too kind <laughs> <laughs> so next week we're looking forward to the Empress of Mars and reviewing that one so look out for the uh, Facebook and Twitter post for that send in your review and until then my name's Gary my name's Adam and remember and, and... Lonzy. Lonzy.